What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome back to another episode of the Low Life Motherfucking Chopper Podcast. Howdy ho, Chopper Tears. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you sound like the fucking gingerbread man. Oh, <laughs> uh, what the fuck? <laughs> We're back with another episode. Uh, we got a Wi-Fi extender, so hopefully that helps this week. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we played that intro. It didn't. I didn't see anything. Did you see anything, or is just audio? I, it... Oh no, I seen the whole video. Oh, the video did play. It didn't play for me. Yeah. All right. Technical difficulties um, will resume, but yeah. promising. Yeah. My only question, though, is I know people do not want to hear about this shit. Um, <laughs> when we pause the uploading, yeah, can we do that with a guest as well? Yeah, I think so. You're you're a guest in this podcast, technically. But I mean, like, with multiple guests, though, you can do that? Yeah, I think so. I'm almost wondering if we should just try to run it with it not paused and see what happens. Or should we not chance it? Um... Yeah, I can. Uh, I can edit this out, but yeah, we could try to resume. I mean, fuck it, leave it in. People, people love to hear this shit. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is the behind for all the people the trying scenes. to start a podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is the shit where when you're not like when you're virtually computer illiterate and you just stumble through this shit. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. I say of... we just try to run it, and then uh, if it starts lagging, if you notice it lagging, okay, then we'll pause it again. But I just want to see like. I really want to test this extender, and if yeah. it works, maybe we can uh, we'll give a little shout out so people know how to get Wi-Fi in their fucking garage. It's definitely lagging already. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because it's trying lagging. to catch up because we're at fucking twelve percent. Yeah, what is yours up? What does your upload say? Uh, it's climbing fast. We're at eighty percent right now. Eighty percent. Okay. All right. Well, we'll just let her rip for a little bit. Put this. Chinese Amazon router extender to the test. Uh, we're at a hundred percent now. Okay. Is it lagging at all now? Your video looks like absolute garbage. You look like a fucking Super Mario Brothers on the NES. <laughs> You're just all pixels. <laughs> Am I lagging though? Yeah. Fuck. You look like Max Hedrum. Dude, fuck this. Dude, fuck this extender, bro. Fuck the internet. Yeah, fuck well, this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't... You know, I just went and bought, like, the highest rated with the most reviews, and it's probably just reviewed by a bunch... Like, a 10,000 Chinese bots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Deployed by the, the company that makes it. Yeah. What doesn't make sense to me, though, is when we run the high-speed internet test, it comes back great. But then still sucks on Riverside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna look into some alternatives because I'm just we've been fucking with this thing for months now, and it's just like the support is just non-existent. They're just like, it's your internet. Yeah, yeah. garbage. But fuck it, them. Um. Anyways, uh, housekeeping. Do we have any housekeeping? I don't think there's anything coming up. Um, I had a bunch of people hit us up. I just want to check real quick. 
people are stoked on the series. Even dudes, uh, RJ, Rotten Bastard, he reached out and he was just like, hey, sick episode. You know what I mean? Uh, he's not a new builder, but uh, I just thought it was cool. Like, I was wondering, like, do people that know how to build shit, and he has some cool shit. We should probably have him yeah. on the show. But uh, I was wondering if, like, people that are good at it found anything valuable. And he was saying, fuck yeah, you forget a lot of stuff, you know? He's building like a yeah. turbo sh- uh, short stir or something right now. It looks sick, but no uh, shit. Yeah, great feedback all around. I really appreciate all the everybody reaching out and letting us know uh, what's what. I do have some very sad news. We uh, talked last week about the Vermont loophole. Apparently, that's been repealed. Uh, they so it's no longer. It? Yeah, last like June or something. So bunch of people reached out and are just like, that's not a thing anymore, bud. So another cool thing killed. Like, who's going they after that? It. You know what I mean? Seriously. Who made that their mission to shut that down? Fuck them. Bunch of losers. Seriously, think about how much revenue that brought Vermont. Yeah. who's pro- Who had a problem with that? What was the problem? They're like all these goddamn chopper kids. Yeah, able to ride their <laughs> motorized bicycles. So ridiculous. How much time it took to fucking get legislation to get that closed out, you know? Seriously. Fucking gay. But, yeah. Um, yeah, light housekeeping day today. Uh, not much going on with choppers in the dead of winter. No. Um, listen, low life, low down. It's going to be Saturday, June 8th. 8th? June 8th, uh, 2024. Make sure you put it on your fucking calendar now. Mark it down so you can take the time off. Come check out the show. It's going to be fucking dope this year. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. There'll be live band, alcohol, food trucks, all the choppers your heart can fucking desire. There'll be... Uh, some gambling going on. There'll be uh, best chopper, best paint, um, best club style, um, all kinds of cool shit. So put it on your fucking calendar. June 8th, 2024, Epping, New Hampshire, at the motherfucking Legion. Same place as last year. If I had the address, I'd give it to you, but I don't. So we'll do that next 29 Califf Highway, Epping, New yeah, Hampshire. Yeah, something like that. You can't miss it. It's going to be a blast. Going to have uh, maybe a dunk tank. Yeah, I'm hoping that that's a thing. I got to make that happen. It'd be cool if we had a beer sponsor and we filled it with the beer. And just be like sick. dunk a midget <laughs> into like sick. fucking PBR or something. Yeah. I'm going to reach out to PBR and see what's up. Yeah, that would be sick. I don't know how much the dunk tank place would like it, but. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> when you run a shady ass business like midget dunk tanks, like you, your morals are unscrupulous scrup- <laughs> yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like hose it um, out real good. Uh bu- 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 I think that's it for housekeeping. Um last spot of show is in this spring. Once we get a little bit closer, we'll start uh pumping that out. Um I think that's it really. 
So we can jump into episode three of Chopping 101. Uh, first week we covered pretty much the drivetrain, what motor to look for, what transmission to look for. Um, second episode, we talked about hardtails or frames. Um, we talked about spacing the wheel, aligning the transmission with the motor. Um, this week, we're going to talk about the fabrication. We're going to talk about um, the positives and negatives on MIG welding versus TIG welding for this for these applications. We're going to talk about making your own tabs, um, which bungs to get, uh, how to make your own fucking fender brackets, oil bag brackets, um, getting the fender set up, getting the oil tank set up, the gas tank, the sissy bar. Um, possibly we'll get into some wiring. Um, talk about open belt versus fucking closed primary. We're going to get into all that this week. And then next week we'll probably round the series out, I would think, um, with getting into paint and bodywork. Um, and we'll come at it from two angles. We'll come at it from if you're going to do DIY at your house, do all your own shit, um, do all your own Bondo, grinding down all your welds. Um, and a spray bomb paint job. And then we'll also get into some of um, what goes into hiring a painter and what you can expect depending on what kind of paint job. And then we're going to do a bonus episode for the laddies um, that will have Dan from No Luck Paintworks. He'll be able to get into like the nitty-gritty and what goes into paint. That way you can understand why it costs, how much it costs. Um, what he prefers when people bring it to him, whether it's they do the body work and fucking primer or they just bring up raw tins, etc. We'll get all into all that on the bonus episode for the laddie. So if you want to hear that episode, which will probably come out next week, I would think, um, get on over to the Patreon. Um, you can join for as little as a dollar. Um, a dollar is just like, hey, appreciate what you guys do. Five dollars get you the free episode ten dollars get you the free episode and the monthly giveaway and that giveaway is from oxford co dot chopper you look at these things this is this is art my friends this is what art looks <laughs> Dude, like, it's the okay? nicest set of bars Dude, they're glinting they're like I really, fuck. Oh my God. I'm thinking about running maybe something like that on yeah. this shovel build. Yeah. What is that? Eight, eight inch rise or something like that. Like that's like perfect height, you know, no matter where mm-hmm. you are, if you want to extend the front end, like dude, in a, so even stainless steel bolts, dude, like that's, that's just a nice little touch. Yeah. These things are so fucking sick. I love them so much. I want to have like 10,000 of their babies. Get married. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, oh, the other thing is some, I guess I, I have a little bit of housekeeping. I haven't told you yet, though, because I, I like surprising you on air. But we started a Twitch. Bet you didn't know oh, that. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, I did not uh, know that. <laughs> Pizza Overlord. We were talking a little bit about, like, live streaming and shit like that. And he was like, Twitch is probably the platform. Uh, so shout out to uh, Pizza Overlord. 
the meme lord of LCP. Um, but I started a Twitch up, and I think that I'm going to do some some live streaming for the laddies. We can live stream those episodes for the laddies on there. But I also mm-hmm. want to do some of the stuff that we're talking about here. I want to go into depth uh, a little bit more and actually, like, bring the camera down to the bike and kind of go through it. And we'll, uh, we can post it up there and do a live stream, uh, you know, like the remote master on the front. You know, like, it's one thing to talk about yeah, it, yeah. but I can actually show people how it works. Um, and then just get some live content up there. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do that uh, probably starting this month. Maybe we'll maybe for the laddie episode this month we can do, go live with it on on uh, Twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess the next step would be after you get that motor and trans lined up, that rear wheel spaced out. Um, really, you should have done this before putting the motor in um but you can easily just throw something over the motor to make it not get covered in shit um but the thing i like to do uh, before i start doing really i do this before i put the motor in like i said um i like to shave down the frame so any of like the existing tabs if it was a shovel head chances are you're gonna have those split tank and speedometer fucking mounts um i like to shave those right down um it's best to use uh so really i just used one at steve's shop is the milwaukee uh handheld bandsaw makes quick work at cutting tabs off a fucking frame um but you can use a sawzall you can use uh a like a um a cutoff disc um any of that shit um so i like to take the big chunks off then get into the flap disc really start getting that shit so it's back down to the radius of the fucking frame. Um, And then this is just me. Not everybody wants to go this fucking far, but I go over all the factory welds with a flap disc. Um, I like my frames to look seamless. Um, I know some guys will do a hard time. They'll leave the welds. I just don't like that. Um, I like all my welds to be ground smooth. All the factory welds, um, another reason I grind them smooth is because when you start grinding the welds, um, from over time of people painting these frames and the factory powder coat and all that, there could be a crack in one of those welds and you'd never fucking know it. Um, Once you start grinding those down with a flat disc and you start exposing the bare metal, it'll show you if there's any cracks on any of the welds. Um, Now, that's not the biggest priority. It's just a plus. Um... But I like to just personally grind down both flat disc, everything down on the frame, all those um, cast welds, um, all that stuff, and just try to make it as seamless as possible. Um, like I said, so you're actually shaping the step... weld, like you're trying to you're trying to like yeah. shape it. For yeah, like so I shape product. it so it like so it has like a, a nice transition. <laughs> um, you're not going to get it perfect, and if you do get it perfect, you probably took too much material off. Um, I like to just bust that hump down. That way I can go back in later with just the littlest bit of Bondo and just kind of like feather it in. And then then I'll sand it down so it's like a nice fucking smooth transition. Um, yeah. Now, the reason I said you, you want to do this before you put the motor in, but I don't want to fuck up the segments. Um, if you're flat disking a stock Harley frame, there is going to be so much of a fucking mess. You're going to have powder coat dust everywhere. You're going to have fucking metal flakes everywhere. Um, so it's best to do it with the motor out, but if for some reason you are, the motor's already in 
and you just haven't done this yet, but now you're like, hmm, that sounds like a great idea. Just throw a fucking like uh, those welding blankets you can get at Harbor Freight. Um, those work great. I drape that over the motor and tranny all the fucking time. You know, the um, other thing you can use, uh, I did it a couple times, but uh, like Tractor Supply, they have like sheeting, just like plastic sheeting. And oh, it comes yeah. in rows of fucking like hundreds of feet because for barns and shit. But uh, that's really great. But if you have a shovel motor, uh, it's real easy to take it in and out. Like, you know, once those bolts are undone, you can lift it in and out. When I had mine on the on the bench, I took it in and out probably 50 times. You know, sports syringes yeah. and shit, they're a lot heavier and kind of. Yeah, so handle, I also but. I also do the same thing. Um so when I first start shaping the frame, I do it before I put the motor in, and then I'll knock all that big shit off, um, and then I'll usually pull the motor back out um, just to give me more room for when I'm, like, making tabs or whatever the fuck I'm doing. I'm going to be welding on um, tank bungs and all that shit. Um, but one thing you kind of got to keep in, at least for a little bit, is the trance um, for when you're doing your oil bag. Um, you need to make sure you're setting the clearance on that. Uh, making sure your fender's not going to hit the fucking transmission. Um, but I would say your best bet is, even if you already put the motor and trans in, got that all lined up, if you're going to start chunking down the frame, I'd either pull the motor or get a nice blanket. Because you, you just don't want to get the frame, I mean the fucking motor covered in that shit. Because then it's it's another step. Now you got to clean it. Hopefully none of it got in the motor. You know what right. I mean? Right. You might um, probably don't but have that's a carbon exhaust on, you know? So there's open ports right. that go into that, that, you know? Right. And that, so that's another fucking huge, um, important thing is when you have the motor just sitting on the bench, stuff some fucking shop rags inside the intake ports and, and, and inside the exhaust ports. Cause even though the motor's not in the bike, start grinding on that frame and then just stop and look around your shop. There's going to be fucking metal particles floating around the fucking air everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's just going to help you later on down the road. You're not going to gum all your shit up. Um, but it's important to take your time and get the frame the way you want to do it. Um, I've been a culprit of this myself, of just trying to rush because I want to get this bike done. I want to get on the fucking road. I want to have the chopper ready. Um, you'll be a lot happier in the end if you just take your fucking time. I know everybody wants to get the build done. That's the best part is finishing that fucking thing, going for a rip. Um, but I've said this a hundred times on this podcast. At this point in my life, I don't know which I like better, the build process or the riding process. Um, it's just my best advice that I can give you is take your fucking time. Don't take any shortcuts just to get the project done. Push yourself. Take yourself out of your comfort zone. Make parts. And if they come out shitty, fucking throw them away and start over. Um, yeah. But the it's biggest part is, is before – before you start doing all of the fab work, just make sure the frame is where you want it. Make sure all those mounts are cut off. Make sure if you're going to start blending those factory welds, do that before you start doing all your tabs because then you're going to forget. And the least amount of shit on the frame, the better because then you're not going to miss shit. Um, and then after that, then you can start putting the motor back in, the trans back in, um, all that shit, and then start fitting stuff up. Um, yeah, as far as tabs go, you know, <clears throat> there is uh, you know, you can get you can get builders kits from Lowbrow, you know, uh there's there you can get bungs and stuff at Deadbeat Customs. You can make a lot of that stuff really cheap though. 
because um, you can get a stick of like quarter inch steel pretty cheap. It's going to be mild steel. It's going to be painted, so it's pretty easy to work with. Um, and that's how I made a lot of the tabs that I have. Uh, and here's a hot tip: top hat bungs, like for mounting, if you're going to be mounting like a your tank or whatever, uh, flange nuts work great. You just put them in upside down. So you just drill, you have a three eighths inch, uh, flange nut, just throw it upside oh, down. Oh shit. Yeah, dude. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I never even so. thought of that. Usually when I start a build, um, I usually put like an order in to lowbrow and just buy like a pack of top hat bungs, um, a pack of leather washers, um, all my mounts and shit I make myself, but usually the top hat bungs and the leather washers I just buy right from Lowbrow. Yeah, and if you can afford, I mean they're relatively cheap. That's what I use, and they're beefy as fuck. Uh, yeah, I ran into some beefy. problems because you know the other thing about fabricating. From the very start, I was like, I'm gonna internally wire the bike. So while you're fabricating, you need to be able to just keep that in that's the a peripheral, huge part you know because those top hat bungs they go down into the backbone they take up a lot of room uh so you have to i had to kind of figure out how many wires i'm going to run down there how i'm going to sneak them past that yeah to yeah get them to come out the yeah that's that's a huge fucking part i'm glad you said that because that's another important thing is before you start getting carried away and putting the tank on um and the oil bag and all that figure out how you're going to wire the bike now i do like a semi tucked wiring harness um, so everything that comes like the headlight shit, I'll drill a hole in the side of the frame and then I sneak that wire in, bring that all the way down to the down tube and then drill another hole there and pop it out and just bring it right down the down tube. Mm. Um, all the rest of the shit, like your ignition and all that, that's already there. So you can kind of just run that and tuck that up and hide that. Um, for the taillight and everything, I always run that inside the fender. Um, I've had pretty good luck with it. I haven't had, knock on wood, good thing my desk is wood. Um, I haven't had my harness come down inside the fender and then rub on the tire and break. I have seen it happen. Um, but there's a they make a lot of different clips you can put inside the fender to hold that shit up. Um, and it's worth it, honestly. It's probably the cleanest way to wire in a fucking brake light, unless you're just going to do the wrap it around the sissy bar and all that shit. Yeah, on the shovel head, I didn't... <clears throat> I don't, my brake lights on my license plate mount they come, that's mounted on the, on the transmission. So I have no wires back that way, but on the Sportster, yeah, I just have the little coil. Um, that's a good idea though. I mean, if you have it going up the sissy bar, I mean, you're going to have some of some wire exposed, right? If you're going to put a light right. on your sissy bar. Uh, but yeah, just like throughout the entire fab process, just if you're going to do internal wiring, it's a hundred percent worth it. Uh, where you can because it just without wire showing everywhere it's just like really clean and with a shovel head it's well, super and it, it, it kind of protects it oh absolutely it protects yeah. the wiring from not getting fucked up and but the other yeah. thing too though that i will say and this is the reason i don't put all of my wires in the frame um it's it's super easy to tuck all the wire inside the frames so you never see any of it but the biggest problem with that is, is if you ever have any kind of electrical gremlins on your bike, you're fucked. You got to pull everything out of the frame because you can't just see the wire. You can never like see if any of your connections are fucked up because everything's hidden in the frame. Um, so what I've always done is, like I said, I just hide 
the headlight going through because chance star that's not going to get fucked up it's one wire um and if it does i just cut it and fucking done it's one wire um everything else everything that comes off of um the battery the ignition um the coil all that shit i just make sure i put on uh and here's the biggest fucking tip i can give when you're buying shrink the uh, heat shrink wrap don't fucking cheap out it's not that expensive to buy the good shit and it makes a huge fucking difference. They sell good shit. <laughs> they like, sell I've that in, in like higher quality than Harbor Freight. Um, I've bought in the Harbor Freight shit. I've bought um, from this place called R and R, and it's all nice shit. Like it's not bad, um, but it's definitely not as good as you can get. Um, I have hacked some shit together. The stepchilds hacked together. Um, but if you just take the time, spend a little bit of money. Like I said, it's not expensive. Buy the good shrink wrap. Buy the connectors that are shrink wrap. Um, they're, well, listen, they're shrink wrap and solder. So you put the connection in, put the two wires in, melt the middle, it solders it, and then you melt out the ends, and it fucking shrink wraps it. That is yeah. the best fucking way to wire your bike. Because here's what you're doing is you're eliminating future problems. Yeah, and for thing- not a lot of fucking money. The only thing about that, so I did use those. I use those a lot, but the the only drawback is they get a little bit bulky, and because uh, you know it's an extra plastic piece around the outside. Uh, I I learned how to solder for the first time like really well this year, and uh, if you have that skill, I would say soldering is definitely better. Uh, just to keep it, because once you put a piece of shrink wrap over <laughs> a soldered connection, it's one continuous wire you know right and when you're pulling things through the frame and shit those little connectors get i've never soldered before i've tried it and i just suck at it yeah so i soldered for like i've soldered in the past and i've always sucked at it but this year i was like i'm gonna learn how to fucking solder dude and i just have a cheap soldering iron and uh we can go over that when we go over like the wiring section. We can get into yeah, that. Yeah. Maybe I'll even do a video on it. But once you learn how to solder well, it's super quick. It's super. It, it's the way to go, and it keeps it. Again, it's like you want to put two wires together. When they're soldered together, it's one continuous wire. There's nothing over it on top of it, and you can slide the shrink wrap right over it, and you're good to go. And when you have a bunch of wires like meeting together, like I have dual headlights, so I have like four or five. I think I have like six wires coming out of my headlights. So those connections, they add up, you know what I mean? So if you want to have it nice and sleek, it's like learn how to solder those connections. And uh, then you feel like, like that's, I feel like that's the right way to do it. Don't get me wrong. I use those soldering connections. They're super cool. All you need is like a hairdryer. Yeah. Really low heat or even a a lighter. It's like one of those little propane torches. Yeah. You can use a lighter too. Like I've seen people just use a regular Bic lighter. Um and they do have their place, but once you start getting the bulkier wires and stuff, I'd say we should do a it's just, little tutorial on soldering. It's super important to when it comes to your electrical, just buy good shit because it's not worth buying the cheaper shit and then be chasing shit forever. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times when I had the shop open, people coming back. I think my carbs fucked up, or how many times I've heard people say it on the road, and it's never the carb; it's always electrical. Every fucking time, almost it's electrical, yeah. um, and I'm not an electric guy. I'm not at all, but I can wire a fucking bike. You yeah, know what I mean. Other, the <laughs> other thing about soldering too is, 
I mean, you're going to have to put, like, for the coils and for all the connections underneath, like, you're going to have to have connections. And it's best to be able to solder those connections on and not just crimp yeah. them. Because yeah. that is not a good way to connect a wire to, to like, no. a ring terminal. That will come loose. And, like, a lot of people, do. they don't have even, like, you need a, a set of, uh, you know, those snips you know like the electrician like an actual yeah. like I, I bought set. a set this winter yeah get like a good set because it makes it so much more enjoyable and yeah but then like i take that plastic piece off where like you would crimp it and i just take that off and i solder it right to the connection so it's all clean then you slide the fucking uh wire uh the shrink wrap over it and it's just it takes up way less room it's not going to come loose it's now yeah. one with that. That's the other thing, too, piece. though. It's like when you get in your ring terminals for your shit that's going to connect to the battery, don't cheap out on that shit either. Don't just buy yeah. the cheap ones at AutoZone or whatever. I can't tell you how many times. This has happened to me, I think, three times now on the stepchild where all of a sudden I'm like, why is my bike not charging? Why is my bike not starting? Because that little fucking ring terminal from it's all the vibration of a rigid show. just snaps breaks dude oh yeah they i've, they, they I've become literally broken too. i've broken three of them already yeah and yeah. it's stupid me dude i just keep fucking using the same shit because i bought that cheap kit that everybody gets at AutoZone. Yeah. um fucking trash um actually right before our show this year remember i was i had to do uh i had that electrical shit going on um i went to napa and i bought like a legit fucking case with like the nice snips the, yeah. All the nice connections, all that shit. Because it's just like, it's just not worth it to buy the cheap shit. Because in the end, it's gonna fuck you. And you don't want to have nothing yeah, worse. You don't want to have to troubleshoot electric, you know. So do it like take your time and do it right the first time. Because it's not electricity shit is weird, you know. It's hard to troubleshoot. It's hard to diagnose. Yeah, especially on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be doing that on the side of the road. <laughs> Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, so we got off a little bit of a tangent, but yeah. the moral of that whole thing was is keep it in mind of how you're going to run your wiring um, and just pre-drill those fucking holes. I even don't wire my bike until after it comes back from paint. But what I do is I play it all out in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run the headlight this way, so I drill this hole. It's going to pop, pop out here. I drill this hole. This yeah. is going to come this way at the bottom of the fender. I got to pop a hole here. I got to pop a hole in the top of the fender. And I just get it all lined out in my brain. That way, when your bike comes back from paint, you're not fucking drilling holes in it. Yeah. And that's that's the thing, too, is, like, you got to have a plan, right? So, like, just, like, taillight, headlight, right? Have an idea of what you already want, like, where it's going to be mounted. Because, all right, yeah, you could you could mount a light on your sissy bar, right? Uh or you could mount it in the back of your seat if you have if you're making your own seat pan. Like that's something I was going to consider is like having it in the actual back of the king queen seat and then run all the wiring through it. Uh, you know, you want to make it as clean as possible, but uh, just have a plan. And it's not always going to work out, uh, but when it does, it's like oh, now it's all coming together the way that I wanted it to. But yeah. I think I think like so. As far as like the frame goes, you cut off all the junk. You got either, you know, you got a, some stock, some metal stock. You're going to be making your own. Here's another tip on these, uh, you know, an easy way to make tabs. And why I like making my own tabs better than buying them, you can make them any length. 
You know what I mean? You can cut it to exactly how high you need it, exactly at what angle you need it. Um, yeah. So just get that flat quarter inch stock at fucking wherever you get your metals. At and your I local can't tell you how easy, how easy it is to make a tab. Oh, yeah. It's so fucking easy. Literally just draw a fucking triangle on that piece, cut that out, round the fucking corner, and then drill your hole. Yeah, and it's and so here, fucking easy. Here's another tip I learned. Uh, so when you cut it, just cut out the piece of square or, you know, like just cut out the tab is the length you need it. And then you can dress it up. What I do is I take washers and then you just, uh, just put it in the vice or whatever. And, uh, or, or, you know, use a C clamp or something and just pin those washers to either side. Now take your, your flap disc or, you know, belt sander or whatever, and just follow that contour of that washer. So when you're done, yeah. it's going to look like it's going to be rounded at the top. It's going to be square at the bottom or at an angle or whatever. And uh, then drilling and shit. Uh, one thing that I, d- I will say is get a tap and die set. If you're going to be making your own tabs yeah. and shit. Because uh, you don't want to have necessarily have to have nuts on the back of all these tabs. They're going to be welded to the frame. Get at least... I mean... At Harbor Freight, you can get we're not we're not doing metrics, so you don't need to get both sets. But for like forty bucks, I use the shit out of this tap and die set, and you can clean up old threads, or you can thread your you know whatever. You can get them at swap meets all the time too. Super cheap. Oh yeah, the best kits you can get though they you you got to have the right bits, right? And right. some of them are really weird, right? Like you're gonna have a fifteen sixty fourths bit or whatever to to do a certain one. So uh, you're going to be – and you know what I did actually? So I have that set, but you can go down to your local hardware store. You're going to be using a quarter, five-sixteenths, three-eighths pretty much for everything. So you can just get like good Irwin ones or like some decent ones, and they sell them with the tap and the bit. And I just have those – like those are the three bolts. I wanted to minimize – how many different bolt sizes and shit that I had on my bike. So I was like, I'm just going to use those three sizes and pretty much everything's one of those. And then you cut down on what you need in your tool roll, what you have to handle. You know what I mean? Uh, So keep that in mind too. Just like what kind of fasteners are you using? Uh, But the, the Harbor freight one, it's a pretty big kit. I think it's like under 40 bucks and uh, you get them all, you know, you get all the taps, all the dies uh, for SAE. So that that's that's how you're gonna make your tabs. Fuck! I had some fucking great pictures of the ones that I made before. So like this is one that I did for my rear fender mount. I should have fucking done my homework and put these on, but so that's what I, that's what we're saying. You take just steel like that, and I did the same thing. I traced washers on the ends. I cut that out. Put the fucking holes, all that bullshit. And then I welded that to another piece, a flat piece. So it looks like, come on, looks like this. And here's the beauty about making your own fucking mounts. After I did all that, I did all, I welded all that shit together. Then you can fucking polish them up, dude. Yeah. That bitch is like mirror finish. And it took me probably start to finish on that 
15 minutes. You know what I mean? It's like, and I'm, I, so I like making, especially my fender mounts. I love making my own fender mounts because I don't like just like a flat piece of metal going up against a fender and then you just put two fucking holes in it. Um, I like to take mine and I'm not a fucking blacksmith by any means, but that steel that you're making fucking tabs and brackets with is so thin. You don't even have to heat it. So I just take, I use this little, this little vice right here. It's just the blue one from Harbor Freight. It's like 80 bucks. Um, and that has a flat surface on it, a round surface on it. And I use that to just put that on there and hit it with a fucking ball peen hammer until I get it to the shape that I need. Yeah. Um, but the whole moral of this is, is like you can build all of your own tabs, all of your own mounts, all of that shit super fucking cheap. Yeah. The the most important thing too, so we're getting into like the men <clears throat> the fender mounting. You wanna always yeah, you're thinking about wiring. You also want to think about serviceability. Cause yeah. like I I can't my on my sports store when I first got it, the fender mounts, right, were were bolts that we're under the fender coming up into and screwing in. Right. And I'd have to like deflate the tire completely to get a wrench in there. It would take fucking so long. It was so annoying. So you want to make sure that like when I was building the shovel, I was like every bolt that I need to access, I want it to be on the outside. I want it to be able to get my hand in there and get a wrench on it. If it was too hard to put in, it's going to be too hard to put out. So, so think of serviceability and just like what kind of fasteners you're using and uh, try to minimize the amount of fasteners and make sure that they're always easily obtainable. You know, so easily on reach. all my on all my fender bolts, I come from the inside out, and so I go underneath the fender, stick my bolt through, and then I tack weld on each side. That way, that bolt because I've had before on choppers that bolt will rattle loose, and then come down, and it doesn't have enough room to fall in between the fender and the tire, so it just gets stuck there. And we'll just Wait, so you have the, the fuck you out have of the, your tire. You have the bolt go up through the fender, and then up you... Up through the fender, and then I tack weld the head of it. That way, even from the outside, you just put a wrench on, you can twist that nut right off. Okay, I do the opposite, where I I weld the nut on the inside of the fender, and then the bolt goes uh, in through the top. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into that fender talk. So, I mean... So for mounting points on a fender, this is the the next. So you got your your wheel, you know, aligned. This is the next biggest thing because it's essentially part of the frame, right? And uh, it has a lot of mounting points, right? So typically people will mount the fender off of the cross member up top and the cross member at the bottom. They'll have another one down there. Now, some people argue that it's not needed. On my Sportster, uh, when I switched a bunch of shit out, that bottom one didn't fit anymore, so I just scrapped it. Uh, but I think it's best to have one down there, too, just because it's going to rattle around and break all your paint apart. Um, but then it's also mounted to your sissy bar. So I think of, like, when, I'm, when, it, when you're doing the sissy bar and fender, you're doing them together because the sissy bar has to contour around your fender. It's a mounting point for your fender, arguably the most important one, you know, at the end yeah. of the wheel. Uh, and this takes, this take took, I mean, like in my brain, it takes a lot of geometry, you know, but, uh, here's, here's the easiest way to just like mock it up to get in the ballpark. Basically you push your, your wheel all the way forward. So you, it's definitely centered. You push it all the way forward. Yeah. Always mount your fender with the wheel forward. Yeah. yeah. Always. Don't, Cause you're only going back. Do not mount it with it back. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're not going to know. It, it's just, that's not the way to do it. So all the way forward. And then uh, I used to use tubing to space it, but I found the, the best way to get the closest, uh, you know, radi- like the closest to the tire and not have a, you know, tubing kind of squishes and shit too. So you don't always get accurate readings. Uh, I cut some lengths of chain and I lay them across the tire and I think it comes out to like five eighths spacing, something like that. Yeah. yeah I just use like my old Sportster yeah, chain. I'm going to grab my piece that I use real quick. It's right here. Yeah. I made sure I took it out because I wanted people to see it. Yeah. And you want to you want to have that. So if you have a, you want it to be radius all the way to the back. So gravity is just going to pull those chains off. But you want to just tape them down or zip tie them on the tire if you got like uh, spokes or whatever. And have the entire everywhere that the fender is sitting touching those chains or if you use tubing yeah so i use this right here is that a half inch yeah i'm gonna put this i'm gonna put this up here that way if anybody wants to order this shit, i forget what the fuck it's called um it's like i think it's like some kind of um like hydraulic hose maybe um it's not super fucking thick though, but this gives you, especially the, I cut it to length. That way it wraps around the entire wheel. So I get the space from the very tip of the fender all the way down and I can tuck it behind the transmission mount. So it holds yeah. itself there. Um, now I, I've seen a hundred people use the chain, like what you use. Um, I've just always had good luck with that. It gives me the bare minimum spacing I need for the travel of the tire once it gets heated up and makes it so you don't have like a massive fucking gap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to, and that's, you know, you brought it up too, is just like, you want it basically wherever you're spacing it, have a tube or a chain from where it ends, where the fender ends all the way back to where the fender ends. Right. Because I've done that too, where, you know, I had it at the top of the tire and then it's just kind of, you know, I mounted it at the bottom of the tire and it's too much of a gap down there. It's not at the right angle. You want it to hug the tire all the way forward. The tire will never touch that because it's, if it's spaced with enough space. Now, as far as spacing goes, depends on what kind of tire you're running and uh, like the laws of fucking thermodynamics. You know what I mean? Like how much does it expand? Like if you're in Arizona going down the highway at 90, it's probably going to expand a lot more than if it's, you know, a sunny day in New Hampshire and it's 75 degrees. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, it will expand enough to shave that tire down, you know? Like if, you, if you're too I've close. Had it happen to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> remember when he, remember on uh, my bike, the sidewalls were blowing out too much when I would get on the highway. Right. And it was rubbing my sidewalls. And yeah. I just ended up having to take a screwdriver out of my fucking tool roll. And just jamming it in my fender and prying out my fender all the way around. Yeah. Damn, dude. Actually, on the way to the Unicorn Ranch, I was with Fish Tank. He had just done the War Turkey. And he's like, you know, he, he met me and uh, smelled like burnt rubber. We're like, what's all this black shit all the way down in your fucking bike? And it was just, it was fine until he started getting going. And it's August, you know, and it just shaved his tire down, you know, just very finely. But... Uh, yeah, and tires are too expensive to fuck up like that. So the spacing of it, 
get your two mounts in on the on the cross member, and then you kind of have to make the sissy bar to figure out where you're going to mount it on the fender, right? Because this is a whole different discussion, right? Is how you how how you're going to make your sissy bar, how you're going to mount it to your fender. Uh, <clears throat> I would say do not buy a kit because if you're making a custom motorcycle, like basically they just bend it up for you. And I haven't found a kit that's not mild steel. And I would, I would caution against using mild steel just because I've powder coated sissy bars. I've hand painted sissy bars with fucking rattle can. And that paint comes off the first time you seriously strap something to it. Yeah. I always just polish mine and then hit it with 2k clear. A mild one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm too cheap to buy the stainless. Dude, I, stainless ain't that bad. All right, so five. I, I did the five eighths stainless. Six feet, fifty bucks. Yeah, you made yours, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But fifty feet, uh, fifty fifty bucks for six feet. That makes an eighteen inch off the rear of the fender sissy bar. Yeah, and it's stainless. And uh, then you can polish it up like looks like chrome. You never have to, you know, like you don't have to worry about paint and shit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, but it is harder yeah, to bend. I, I just harder to work I, with. I bought the mild steel, I think from Lowbrow maybe, and then just heated it, put it in a vise, and gave it kickback. Oh yeah, yeah. I have uh, on the sports store. I have a mild steel sissy bar that I painted yeah. just rattle can. And every season, I just just touch it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm a big proponent of the of the stainless steel sissy bar. Um, there's there's a couple of ways. So you could buy a kit, and they have DIY kits. Um, you can go and get them at Lowbrow or whatever. And they come with, you know, it's already, it's like this will fit a, you know, a big twin. This will fit a Sportster. It's already bent to that radius. And then you can alter it from there. The hard work's pretty much done, right? Um, if you have like minimal tools and shit and it also comes with the mounts, which are essentially tabs, right? They just have like the quarter inch tab that just slides up. You got to weld it yourself and then you can put the tabs that attach to the fender. Those are just, again, just mild steel tabs. But if you're going stainless steel, I would suggest there's a place called Bung King and, uh, make sure you have safe filtering on Google when you, when you, uh, Google that. So you don't get those, uh, that other site, but, uh, they do jet. I mean, they just, just do like bungs and tabs and stuff and you can get some yeah. really slick stainless bungs and tabs, uh, which are hard to come by. A lot of people just, uh, a lot of the places sell the, the mild steel ones. Uh, but shout out to bung King. I got some good stainless steel ones. So then your whole sissy bars made out of stainless steel. Oh, actually another shout out, uh, Billetproof Designs. Oh, they yeah, yeah. they are one of those places that you always forget. That's, but they have like got, the uh, niche shit. My cap from. Your cap? Yeah, that extended fucking growl oh, cap. That's the kind of shit they have. They have that weird niche shit that you're like they do a lot of like performance bike stuff, but like they have like these cool like weird chopper parts that like only they sell. And I got these uh really slick stainless um five eighths sissy bar they just slide right on and it's just like seamless so 
Uh, yeah, they have some cool shit. But as far as sissy bars go, if you're making them, <clears throat> the first your first inclination will be to grab a torch and kind of plot it out on a table or whatever and just start heating it up and bending it. I have had zero success with that because I don't have oxyacetylene. I think to bend the metal. Oxyacetylene is important. I've I've tried map gas. Propane is definitely not hot enough. I've tried map gas. I've had zero success. Uh, I bent mine up in a Harbor Freight bender. Um, just the floor mounted one. And that worked really well. And I did five eighths stainless with that. Uh, that's where like my brain was imploding due to like geometry fucking shit. Like to, when you get that thing in there and it's all like hooked around and you're like, which way am I bending and fucking flipping around the die and shit confusing as fuck. Uh, but it does work and it is cheap. And that bender is pretty cheap. I think it's like under 70 bucks. I think I got it for under 70 bucks on sale or something. And you can bend tabs, you know, back to the tab discussion. You can bend tabs in it. Uh, you can make an entire fucking sissy bar in it. The hardest one to do is the just the, the initial bend because you have to bend it like 180 degrees. Yeah. And I, that's my problem, too, is I like the I like the ones that come up and they're square and come down and then oh, have yeah? to kick back on it. The square one. Yeah. Not oh, yeah, square, that's, though. That's... Not like 90. You know what I mean? Like, it has to be radius corners and then kick back. Where are you talking about square stock, like square metal? No. No, no, oh, okay. no, 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 no. I'm not a fan of the square fucking. Not a fan of it. Yeah, that um, that has got to like be the easiest stock. way to make a sissy bar is out of the square stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For yeah. sure. In. Some people love it. And like I said, I've said a hundred times in the podcast, two weeks to fucking own. Just because I say I don't like it doesn't mean it sucks. Um, yeah. It's just not my fucking style. Um, and like I was just telling Dan this. That's the beautiful thing about building choppers is everybody has their own fucking flavor. And yeah. if you're doing it to impress other people, you're doing it for the wrong reason. So it doesn't matter if I hate it or not. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, I, the square stock, I'd like to try one day because I like it when they have a bunch of speed holes in it. And uh, I think yeah. that would be really useful for strapping stuff in, you know, to just have oh, like bungees and shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I like the round ones because I like, you know, I like round tanks and round, you know, uh, fenders yeah, and shit. Yeah, same. I just think I need all my shit to flow. Like the yeah. gas tank needs to complement the fender. The bars complement the front end. You know what I mean? The sissy bar has to be the yeah. same height and same fucking uh, kickback as the fucking front end. Like all that shit needs to make sense for me. Yeah. Um, but so when I do my sissy bar, though, I mount it in a way where it gives me um, tie down points. So instead of what most people do when they come in, they mount their sissy bars from the sides on the sides of the fender. I like to make a V that comes off the sissy bar down to the fender. And then I bolt right through the center of the top of the fender because now I have okay. two hooking points in the, on the bottom. And then I like to mount my taillight center of the sissy bar because now I have two hooking points in the middle. And then you can obviously hook on the top of the sissy bar. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Like, sissy bars is one of the funnest things to make because it's utilitarian, but it's also, like, artistic. Like, I've seen motherfuckers with stained glass and shit. You know, like, you can have, like, devil's tails coming off it. Uh, 
there's so many cool ways to do it. You know what I mean? Like you could do a trident. Like I, I just prefer the traditional, just like the little loopity loop. Um, but you're going to, whichever way you go, you know, it's going to mount to the axle plates. So if you're lucky and you bought a hardtail that already has those holes like tapped or drilled, then you can just pop it right in there. That's where you're going to start. And then you got to figure out the angle of your sissy bar. So you kind of, there's a lot of, like, if you're building it yourself, there's a lot of bending, taking it off, going over to the bike. No, that doesn't fit, you know, like going back. And in fact, yeah. in the, in the real world where there's like three dimensions, when you're bending like uh three, uh five eighths rod, like stainless rod, I didn't even consider this, but like when I was bending it, dude, the fucking thing was tweaked. Like while I was like moving it from side to side, like when I bent it, it wasn't like on a two dimensional plane. Like it wasn't fucking perfect. So when I put it on the bike, one of them was like way too forward. One was way too back. There's a lot of trial and error. You can, you know, like the, the great thing about metal is it has memory, you know what I mean? And you can just kind of force it to where, where you want to go. Uh, but it's really rewarding making your own sissy bar. And, uh, I would highly recommend doing it in stainless. It's, it's just, once you're done with it, it's done. You know, you never have to fuck with it. You don't really ever have to polish it. It's going to hang, uh, handle anything, but back to your, uh, the way you mount it, how do you, how do you mount it in the center? Is it a bolt going up into a bung? Um, no. So I do the same thing. Um, I'll make, like I said, I'll make a V coming down and then it'll be a plate right in the middle. And then I'll take a bolt from underneath, put a couple good washers on it. That way I know it's not going to suck up through the fender. Don't just put a bolt. Cause you got somebody probably sitting on the back of this fucking thing. Um, put a couple good washers on it. Um, and then it comes up through and then I'll thread a nut over the top of it. And then, like with the stepchild, I did that. And then I took the topper of a flag, the American Eagle, and screwed that on top of the nut. Oh, that's sick. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because going to, I mean, I use the same principle as, like, the fender. I just, when I make my fenders, I just have nuts on the inside of the fender. So then everything from the outside is just right in. Uh, and you get those, like, my favorite is you get these, uh, they're recessed bungs. So you get three eighths, you get the little cap nuts, and they sit flush inside there. You just weld them on and then put them in. But that, this is, again, it's like with the fender and with the sissy bar, all the welding that you're doing is like on the bike. Because it has to be like perfect, you know? Like you have to get both of those bungs lined up. You tack weld them, then you take it off, and then you do the full welds on them. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's just constantly like fitting, tacking, you know, like, doing the finishing welding and then putting it back on. Uh, but yeah, f as far as like electronics and, and any wiring that goes down the sissy bar, are you doing like a hollow tube, like on the inside of the, the fender? Yeah, usually you just, okay. Just like, and, and that's kind of like factory too, right? Like most factory fenders have just like that. Yeah. The they'll middle. have the tube or they'll have like those bend up tabs. That yeah, hold yeah, up yeah. The wiring. Yeah. But and are I you doing that down the center or are you doing it on like the side of the fender? usually the side um yeah. but if it's like if the depending on what kind of fender it is um like the fender i have now has sidewalls on it so i had room on that like up in the corner 
Um, but like on like if you're running like a stingray fender or something, you're probably not going to have room. So you have to do it down the center. And that's probably going to be your highest clearance rating. Um, but it's worth it, man. If you just get because you, you're only putting one wire through there. Um, yeah. So it's like you don't need a big diameter pipe. You just throw that thing in the fender and it's going to be a small fucking pipe. So you can curve it with the fender, throw in yeah. some fucking tack welds and you never have to worry about your wire going down. Yeah, I just want to apologize to the audience. I sound like fucking Fatty McGee. Like, <sighs> I just, I'm so fucking stuffed up, dude. I can't even breathe. I'm just like, <sighs> I keep on muting myself so you guys don't have to hear me, like, hack up a lung. But I like the stairs. <laughs> Sick again. Um, Yeah, as far as fender, I mean, once you get the fender and sissy bar locked down, your rear end's done, you know? Yeah. Yep. And then you can move on to, you know, like the tank is a fun discussion because there's a bunch of different ways, actually similar to how you mount uh, a fender, right? Like, are you going to have bolts sticking up or are you going to be re bolting in? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, there are some frames that I think Dan's frames, uh, the one that he picked up just has bolts sticking up. Really? That you put the tank on the backbone and then just nut okay. it down. But uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a proponent of the uh, top hat bungs three eighths. If you have a rattly tank, that is a, such a pain in the ass for a couple of reasons. Number one, like it'll it'll break the paint like on the tabs. But the other thing is it makes weird noises since it's filled with gasoline. Like I've been going down the road and I hear like a ooh, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it's just my tank yeah. is just a little bit. It's like caught like a vibration or something it's like the gasoline inside makes it sound like music yeah. I'm like, what the fuck that happens to me every once in a while um probably like every two years the leather washers i use they'll get yeah. crushed down enough where it'll leave a little bit of wiggle room and i'll get like a little rattle dude i was gonna i was thinking about that all day today is like the leather washers um they're great until like you ride it for a couple of years and they get all hard and brittle and shit and then uh, that's exactly what happened was uh, like I'm dry, I'm riding down the road. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? The front, the front leather washer was cracked, you know? So then it's not taking up that space anymore, you know? Uh, and then it makes those weird sounds and it's uh, banging around. I'm wondering what is it? Is it that you're just supposed to change those out every couple of years? Or is there I mean, a I don't know. Option? I just figure that it's like it's thin leather and like just being non-stop exposed to the elements the rain the cold the heat you know what i mean and they're never getting any kind of treatment like you're never putting any oil on them or like anything to keep them you know what i mean so it's like it kind of just goes with the territory it's like you're gonna have to replace them every once in a while yeah i did <laughs> i did heat. condition them i did condition them on the shovel head i i used uh mink oil the same shit i use on my boots and i was like oh maybe if i like yeah, condition yeah. these I every the once in a while thing. they won't get like brittle and break yeah because there's nothing yep. you can't use rubber is out you know rubber that's going to stick to your paint and shit but uh yeah i think leather is probably the best i'm hoping that just keeping up with conditioning maybe squirt a little wd-40 on there every once in a while but uh yeah as far as tank mounting goes uh you can use this, you know, like with shovel heads, if you're doing a split tank setup, you just keep the right, the, the original, uh, yeah. tank mounting positions. 
Same thing with it. But I mean, that depends, though, because like if you're going to do. I know a lot of guys like when they do the split tanks, they want to drop them down lower. So they sit nice and fucking low. True. Uh, So for that, you're going to have to change the mounts. Um, And if you narrow the tank, chances are you're probably going to have to change the mounts. Um, I would say your best bet, even if you're unless you're running a stock split tank, fucking chop those mounts off and just make your own. Because yeah, then true. you can make the tank sit wherever the fuck you want. I've yeah. even seen some guys where instead of using the tank bungs, they'll put bungs in the bottom of the tank. And then they'll yeah. make like a like a bracket that comes off the side of the frame on top and bottom and then bolt that way. That way the tank is actually sitting on a brace instead of the backbone. Yeah, you can also you can do bungs. You can just weld bungs into the tank and then drill holes underneath the frame under that backbone and then you can they're hidden i think josh did that on one of, on his last build like the hidden bungs in the tank yeah um yeah i, I mean the most common method is just top hat bungs drill out the tabs you're gonna get a new tank uh they're so cheap like the tanks it's so you, cheap yeah. you go to you know go to your favorite low life sponsor and uh Get a t- get a tank off one of them. I'm I'm talking like under 200 bucks, and yeah. it's brand new. You don't have to fuck with anything. You're not gonna have to fucking beat the shit out of the inside with uh, pennies or whatever. You know, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to get the cream shit. I've never used the tank liner stuff. Fuck I don't no. Think I ever, no, that seems like a. No, I'd rather buy a new ass. tank than fucking put that shit in my tank, dude. I'd rather drink a gallon of that fucking tank liner than put it in a tank. That sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah. And uh, trouble just down the road. You know what I mean? Yep. But, yeah, a new a new tank, they're relatively cheap. Uh, and then you just, the only thing with a tank is just make sure you already, we already talked about this, you already have your front end on. Just make goddamn sure that that thing doesn't hit the tank when you're turning. And then you can figure out where to mount it. Because I've had, I mean, it can be goddamn close, but if, if it hits your tank... While you turn it, turn it all the way. Uh, you don't use fork stops, stops, do you? Never. Never. So what about, like, do you ever hit your tank? Like, when you stopped and that fucking thing just goes 45? Never. Um, so that's the thing, too, is um, I know that I'm not going to run tank mounts. Um, I mean... Um, yeah, tank mounts. Um, <laughs> Just zip tie it on there. Fork stops. I don't run fork stops ever. Um, so I just I keep that in mind. I already have my trees on my bike at the front end on my bike when I'm doing the tank mounts. So I make sure I set that tank back enough where even if I let go of the bars and that front end flops, that my trees can't hit the tank. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to impede your steering at all, but you also don't want to fuck up your beautiful tank that you're going to paint. But, um, yeah, so fork stop. I mean, that's all there is for tanks, right? I mean. Um, So the other thing, too, is make sure. Now, this goes along the line of when if you're going to hide your wiring inside the backbone, make sure you're drilling. So first of all, if you're going to hide it inside the back, I know we're stepping back a little bit. You're going to drill a hole right behind your neck, right behind that fucking the neck of the bike. Um, 
So you can do it that way. If you're going to not do that and you're just going to run the wire down, make sure you are figuring out, okay, I got to run this underneath the tank. So I got to make sure I have room for that. You know what I mean? Um, and then just figure out if you're going to use a top hat bungs. Um, I highly recommend with top hat bungs, you're going to get a better result if you recess the top hat bung into the frame. Cause then you're not going to have like that big ass fucking mountain. Uh, cause then you also have to weld around it still. Um, yeah, I guess I never considered that. So it's just, it's a lot of things of just like, like I said in the beginning, take your time. You know what though? The, I think the top hat actually, so like the top hat when you, cause the, typically the, the tank mounts are curved. So like, even if yeah. you do have a, like a little bit of a lip there, like on, on the backbone of mine, I just welded the tap, uh, top hat bung and then just kind of, uh, smoothed it over. You know what I mean? Like, just grind it away so it matched the contour of the tank mount. And then the other thing yeah. is, is, like, as far as where to run the wires, it's best to use existing openings. And, like, with a shovel head, once you clean up that front, there's a couple of places you go in, like, on the headlights. There's a little slot on the side uh, if you didn't plug that up. And there's that big one that comes down the center. And yep. there's usually enough room to run it on the side of the tank up through there and then pull it out. But uh, on a sporty or whatever, yeah, just as close as you can get, you want to make sure that you don't hit slugs. Cause that's the other thing is some places when you're drilling into the frame, they are slugged and you will know very yeah. soon that you yeah. cannot go in there <laughs> and you cannot pull a wire through there. So if you're drilling and you're drilling for way too long, it's, there's a slug in that area. And you can't drill there, so you're gonna. And you're it. probably gonna break your drill bit. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely step step bits are your friend when you're when you're drilling this shit. Uh, that's another thing that I splurge on is uh, if you get like the Harbor Freight step bits. If you're working with stainless at all, those will burn up in a second. Uh, but get get some decent ones. You know, you only need like one good one. And don't roach it like immediately, you know. It, yeah, it, it should be. So that's that's my easy. problem. That's my problem is I can't buy good step bits because I'm like, yeah, and I just fuck them up. So I just buy the Harbor Freight ones because I know I'm fucking it up regardless. Yeah, I so saw <laughs> when we were doing your frame, we had to we had to use a step bit, and uh, Dan was just going to town like without even like without even a pilot hole. He was just like, yeah, and I was like, dude, what yeah. are you doing? You got to drill a hole first. Yeah, but I just nope. send it. He dude. just, yeah, Dan's the same way. He's just like, just send this baby through. Yeah. Fuck yeah. it. It's not my step bit, but I, I actually, I probably have like 30 of those because I do burn them up. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and then here's the thing is like some steps still work. You know, you you might have burnt out like the three eighths one, but all the steps below it are still good. So, step bits are awesome, uh, and they they especially for wiring in the frame and shit, they chamfer the edge, so you go down in there and you don't have to like fucking deburr it or anything. Yeah. So that's that's something that I would say get get a decent one. Uh, they get really expensive really quick, but um, Harbor Freight does offer like the next step up, like it's a cobalt step bit or something like that that holds up pretty yep. good um whenever you're drilling anything 
you should have some cutting fluid. It's super cheap, and uh, it protects your bits. You just squirt that shit on there, and uh, your bits are going to last a lot fucking longer. What did I hear? I, I just someone... never have good luck with them. No matter what I do, I always fuck them up every fucking time. My drill bits, my step-up bits, everything. I yeah. think I'm just an asshole. I don't let the, the bit do the cutting. I get impatient. <laughs> I get impatient, especially, like, I'll tell you right now, if you work with stainless, it is a lot harder to cut through. And you need, I think it's the cobalt is the bit that you need to cut through, like, to even have a chance. Like, if you just have, like, the t- titanium ones, like the cheap-ass bits, don't even try it. You're just going to be burning out bit after bit after bit. Uh, so get a decent bit. Someone posted something, I want to say, this week. I forget the person's name, but they had a baby powder, talcum powder, for a good uh, lubricant for stainless steel cutting. Really? Yeah, I whoever it was, it was in someone's story, so I can't uh, pick it up. But they, yeah, they had a baby powder for cutting through as a lubricant for stainless. I've never heard that. I mean, I haven't fucked with stainless too much. Like I told you before, I've never bought in steel for any of my builds. Yeah, I just have a scrap box, so I don't really have scrap pieces of stainless. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm I've been huge, forced to yeah, do everything. Oh, I know you are. You're a TIG guy. Of course you are. <laughs> I've been forced to do everything with mild. And once I make the part, just polish it by hand. Dude, welding with stainless makes you feel like you have a 12 inch dick. Like you're just like, it's so much easier. In fact, even when I do uh, mild steel welding, I use the 308, the stainless really? stick. It's just easier to handle, you know, like it's easier to work with. And with stainless, I don't know, man, you just barely have to clean it. It's like just way cleaner. There's no like fucking mill scale on it. Or if there is, it comes off really easy. Uh, And it just looks nice. It looks amazing. And you can polish it up and it looks beautiful, dude. No, no uh, fucking chroming needed, you know. So if you want that shine on your bike. Which you, you got to, I mean, Chrome won't get you home, but Stain will get you lame or some shit. Yeah. Chrome won't get you home, but it'll get you blown while you wait for the tow truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My uncle was a truck driver and he used to drive Peterbilt's and they're like super chromey trucks. He used yeah. to say that to me when I was a kid. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, stainless is just like, it's the poor man's Chrome. You know what I mean? Just get that stainless. It's it's marginally more expensive than uh, mild steel. And uh, like I said, I mean, it's harder to work with, but then you have some shiny bits on your bike. And yeah, you're not going to use it all, too. See, like, so so for the 50 bucks, I said, for the sissy bar, right? I cut mine short, and now I have some 5-8 stock for my headlight mounts. You know what I mean? Yeah, taillight so mounts. Yeah, dude, I'm like an Indian, man. I got, or a Native American. I just use every part of whatever I buy. So yeah, it's yeah. like, like Same. now you got some scraps I literally have, use it. dude, I have a box of just shit um, that I've cut off. Even like when I cut shit off of the frame, if it's flat, dude, I'll take that and throw that in my scrap box. Because I'll oh, take yeah. that piece of metal later 
and I'll shape that into a bracket. Yeah, I gotta. You gotta have a scrap bucket like for metal and shit. Uh, mine's filled with all sorts of weird shit, and every time I stick my hand in there, I get like severe lacerations. I lose like a pint of blood because there's all sorts of pointy fucking shit. But like sheet metal, you know, like that's all worth money, and you're you're going to use it eventually. You know what I mean? Like I was just messing with my new seat pan, and I just pulled out a piece of fucking mild steel, like a sheet. And it's like, well, that kind of works, you know, like, I, I don't know what the fuck I was doing with it before. It was a weird shape, but, oh, I got to say another thing for sheet metal work. Get a nibbler. Oh, yeah. For your drill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go on Amazon. Yep. They're mad cheap. I hate, dude, I'll tell you this. I hate using cutoff wheels. Yeah. I fucking have chopped my fingers up so many fucking times with a cutoff wheel. <laughs> Anything contoured and stuff, it's like, dude, this thing, it's basically, it's an attachment. You put it on your drill, and it just has this little metal nibbler and just punches holes. And it can do up to, like, 16 or or 14 gauge or something. I think mine does, like, up to 12 gauge. And it's a fucking dream. You could do some crazy shit on that. And it's just a cheap attachment for your drill. And the I actually, the reason I got it was on my uh, seat pan for my king-queen seat. I wanted to have a stash spot in the hump and i had to do this wild little like it was a weird shape you know what i mean and i was like there's no fucking way i'm doing that with a cutoff wheel but the little nibbler dude that got it done quick too yeah 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 those are super nice like the um i had um uh the electric shears before yeah you're just like yeah so fucking the nice. electric ones work pretty decent uh well mine was air it was air, yeah. 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 I'd, and I'd like we, we talked that. about that before, but I'm definitely going back um, to pneumatic stuff, I think. Oh, yeah. I know everybody's using electric, but it's like I have this compressor right here that I oh, yeah. literally only use for my die grinder. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck am I doing? Dude, if you and want like, air if tools you want are so much it, cheaper yeah. now, dude. You can get the dopest so fucking pneumatic tools cheap. Yeah. If you get, like, because you're paying for the batteries and shit, you get an electric fucking, you know, like, whatever. You're paying for that huge battery. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like they'll come with a small battery, and those things suck. Yeah. With an air tool, dude, it's just, like, whatever. It's, like, cheap steel. They have some gears inside that move a thing. But, like, 100% for, like, sanding, for polishing, you cannot get the revolutions that air does. Dude, that fucking thing spins so fast. I was like. It does not bog down. No, no. It doesn't run out of battery. No, it's amazing. And you can get shit done fucking quick. Like I said, dude, like my wheel that I did, it's cast aluminum. I sanded it down to a mirror finish. And that's a rough cut, you know. And uh, I did that all with pneumatic tools, you know. And they're very forgiving, too. That's the other thing is like when you're polishing, you're doing a lot of wet, a lot of wet sanding. And a pneumatic tool, you don't have to worry about getting fucking electrocuted, you know? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, we got. Um, uh, yeah, so next thing. So we got the tank all figured out. Um, the wiring, the fender, um, the oil bag. Yeah, now, I forgot about this part. This one's important. You got to make sure the trans is in the right spot. Um, and then that's going to mark what you have for clearance. Now, the other thing, too, is to keep in mind is on the Sportster, your chain's on the right-hand side. 
So you have to watch how you're going to route your oil lines. Because <clears throat> I have this problem. I have not the best oil tank for the Sportster. And I can change it. I just have to change the fittings. I have to grab a couple 90s because right now I just have like straight fucking uh, barbs that come out. Uh, but you got to make sure that you leave enough clearance between the trans and the oil. And so on a sports, it's going to be different. Uh, at least on my, my hardtail, um, the oil bag mounts behind the seat post. Some of them, they mount in front of them. Um, so my mounts behind the seat post. Now that's where I have my battery and right underneath my battery is a little box that has all of my electrical shit. So I can't drop my oil tank down too low because then it'll ground out my battery. But also all of um, the sure. oil lines, they come on the right side of the oil tank, which is right over the chain. And some of them were fucking close. So I had to zip tie them up just to make sure that it won't get nicked if I ever get any kind of chain slap. Um, so that's that's a couple of things to make sure you look out for. Um, the other thing is you got to make the mounts. Um, now they do have some oil bags that use a clamp. Like the one I'm running right now is mountless. There's no mounts. So what they did is they put two bungs inside of the oil bag. It's like a pill style oil bag. There's a bung on each side and then there's just a clamp that comes around and then you threw bolt through that. So it pretty much clamps around your down tube. I mean your seat post and that's what holds up your oil tank. Um, super nice, but it's going to fuck your paint up. Um, I prefer just making the tab. Now, what I'm doing on the shovel build is when I make those tabs, instead of just drilling the hole out to through bolt it, I'm going to drill that hole out, put a rubber fucking grommet in there. That way I have just a little bit of, um, vibration, like vibration control, protection. Yeah. Um, so on this bike, I'm going to try to do that with all of my mounts that I make. I'm going to try to put little rubber fucking grommets in all of them. Just to try to yeah. cut down the vibration a little bit, cut it down so I'm not my headlights aren't getting loose, my fucking tail light isn't getting loose. That's right. Um, yeah. There's just little things like that, that you can do that don't cost a lot of fucking money. Yeah, you just need a step bit, step it up, throw a grommet in. That's a great idea. I had those on uh, my shovel head uh, mounts for the oil tank on the uh, on the Sportster. I have like a pill style, and when I had it on there, yeah. Uh, initially the chain was eating into the side of the aluminum oil tank. So I had to like get uh, some new mounts and like push it over to get that clearance. And then I just bonded over the damage and all that shit. But on the shovel head, I mean, as far as oil tanks go, there's horseshoe oil tanks and then there's pill style oil tanks. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to do a horseshoe style. I think it looks the best on a shovel it head. It looks so nice. Looks really nice. And you can get it them It just goes with the geometry of the frame. Yeah. You can get them relatively cheap. Um, but when you hardtail a shovel head, you have to use like a pan head style uh, horseshoe oil mount. And yep. you have or to soft try tail. To... Soft tail works too. Oh, soft tail works too. Okay. I got a pan head one at a swap meet. And... Uh, I t I t it was hard to mount it. You know, there's a lot of different mounting options. There's a, a really cool one. Actually, John, uh, Long John Chopper Co. used this on uh, Bubba's bike uh, from Butt Seats. It's called the Bra. And it clips on, you know. So the problem is with this style mount, with the panhead mount, the mounts are at yep. the bottom. 
and they're supposed to mount to the fender. And if you have any stretch, I have like three and three quarters inch stretch or four inch stretch. I can't reach my fender. So if you have just like a stock, uh, like uh, spacing, if it's not stretched at all on the hardtail, you can use this and just create a little mount and mount it to the back of the fender. But there's no mounts at the top. So what I did was I actually used, uh, I on the cross member, I made mounts and uh, burnt my fucking hands off actually putting these in. But they have the rubber grommets that you can just, you know, mount from, from the top. Uh, but yeah, it takes some fabrication to make that work. But the uh, butt seats one is slick as fuck, dude, because it, it it bolts to the bottom and then it goes over the crossbar and it just hangs there. And that holds your battery and everything. So it's holding up your oil tank. You just take it out, has your battery and all the electronics in it. Yeah, uh, that's exactly why I want to do it. Yeah. Dude, it would, it would be so nice to do it that way because there's not a lot of room to move around there. Like the oil yeah. tank, those oil tanks are coming down low. They take up all the room. And uh, you also have to consider, like, for the – it's right over the transmission. And you have that arm coming out, and it cannot hit that oil tank. It's a real tight squeeze in there. And there's yeah. only one place that you have to uh, – that you can mount it on the cross member coming down in the middle. And uh, you usually have to space that up. But those oil tanks aren't, like, perfectly in line with whatever hardtail you chose. Right. So you kind of have to like get it into a position where it's like, yeah, it's not too much showing here. You got to space it out. That was a pain in the fucking ass, actually, on the shovel head, spacing that out. Took me a long time to get it right. And yeah, I've never, I've never run a horseshoe oil tank. Yeah, it, they do. I think they look the best on the shovel head. I, you don't I want think a bunch they of negative look space. The best. For sure, yeah. they look the best because it follows that seat line so fucking nicely. It fills up that space. It fills up that space. And I, I was, uh, I really wanted to do a chrome one, you know, because uh, I think that just looks like so nice to have like that little. Yeah, dude. So I'll give chrome. them a shout out, even though they're not a sponsor yet. Um, Throttle yeah. Addiction. <laughs> Throttle Addiction has a horseshoe oil tank that is, I believe it's chrome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for the like panhead, knucklehead era. Um, super, super fucking nice, dude. Yeah, it's shorter. Um, it's so fucking nice. Has the I, spout on the side. Yeah. I was dude, gonna get that one. Hundred and eighty nine dollars. Yeah, hundred eighty bucks. It's yeah. such a good fucking deal. Hundred percent. That's what I'll be running on the shovel. Yeah, dude. I gotta say too is like if I didn't already buy one, I was gonna buy that one because they make it a little bit shorter, and you need that clearance. Like, to get everything to work, like, you need that little bit of extra clearance. And uh, I think they come up, like, an inch or so from the bottom. But, uh, yeah, they they got some good – you know, the other thing is, too, is, like, you don't think about this, but oil filtration, they sell them with the oil filter that goes right into the tank. Yeah, yeah, I I know, like, Lowbrow has them. Uh, Those are slick as shit. But uh, when you're running your oil lines, like for me, I had to figure out where I was going to put that. I mounted it on the bottom of the oil tank on the back where you would have mounted that uh, fender mount. But since I had enough space because I'm stretched out like four inches, I was able to just do a, a remote oil filter right there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, 
that's the other thing I got to figure out too is the Sportster. Obviously, that's not an issue. It comes with the external oil filter. Um, the last shovel I built, I used the like lunchbox oil filter uh, oil or whatever the fuck they call them sardine can. No, not sardine. Lunchbox. What the fuck they call them? Lunchbox. Yeah, lunchbox. Yeah, yeah. That has the internal like screw in filter. Yeah. Um, so I got to figure out what I'm going to do on this one. I don't know if the throttle addiction one has it or not. Um, I would assume no, because it just has that small fucking um, neck fill on the side. Um, but so I'll probably end up running an external one down in the bottom, like how Chopper Bob always does. Yeah, he has his, like, right mounted off the side or whatever. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Easy and it, it looks tough as fuck, too. Yeah. Yeah. So oil filter. I, I Dude, I, I, I initially mounted it, like, underneath the seat or whatever but uh it just it works at the bottom of the oil uh the horseshoe on those mounting you don't even have to weld it in right you just bolt it in there and it's been working fine and you don't have to run a lot of hose either it's like everything's right there so nice and neat but uh if you're running an oil bag i would say with a sportster it's super easy to do a pill and it looks fine because the engine takes up so much space. Once you throw that pill in there, there's not a lot of negative space. With a shovel head, I highly recommend a horseshoe. It looks just so fucking good. But, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I so agree. we got, I mean, as far as the chassis go, we got we got everything from the sissy bar, the frame, the fender, the oil bag. We're almost there. Handlebars is the last. Then you got a full-fledged roller. This motherfucker is going to look like a like the bike you envisioned once you get these handlebars on. Yeah, and I cannot say this enough. And again, this is this could just be me. This could just be my style of building. But the bars set the tone, dude. Like the bars set the fucking tone. Arguably bro. the most important part of the bike. <laughs> the bars in the tank. You know, and that sets the fucking tone for me. Um, yeah. I feel like pending what style you're going with is what style bars you're going to run. What style front end you have or what style bars you're going to run. What style tank you have or what style bars you're going to run. Um, to me, and I guess this could just be my fucking OCD, ADHD, bipolar ass. But for me, dude, from the front wheel to the back wheel has to just fucking flow seamlessly. If I'm running a skinny fucking front tire, I'm running a skinny front end with skinny bars and a skinny tank and a skinny seat and a skinny fender. Be consistent. You know what I mean? And then if I'm running a short fucking front end, I'm probably going to have maybe a little bit wider of a tire with some wider bars. Some, I think with the shorter front ends, you can get away with like the smaller tanks. Um, Cause like you're really like in that tough stance. Yeah. Um, and then if I'm doing like a um, like a wide, long front end, see, this is tough for me because I like there's two different looks that I really like with the wide, long front ends. With the wide, long front ends, I feel like you can do a thicker front tire, mm-hmm. and I think it'll look cool. But then I also think you could do a skinnier 21 and then have those fat spacers on each side. Yeah. I feel like that looks fucking cool. Um but then you run into the issue of like, okay, you got the wide ass front end with a skinny tire. Now, what do you do for the rest of the bike? What do you do for 
the bars, the tank, the seat, the rear fender, the sissy bar. You know what I mean? Because now you kind of like you're kind of clashing those two fucking worlds together. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's just like, and again, this is just me, is skinny front end, skinny bars, wide front end, wide bars. And then from the tank, it all, it's all going to depend on what the stance is. For me, the tank doesn't go with, well, I guess it kind of does. Because you can't have like this huge ass front end and a tiny tank. But if you're doing like that short, like New York tough, like tough guy, I know I don't even know who came up with that name, but that tough guy build, where it's like yeah. a short, like almost like the shovel that I built last time. That was like a tough guy stance. It was just like a short, compact fucking shovel head. Everything was just real right there. Um, it still had a 39 millimeter front end, but stock length. Um, it had super tight fucking bars with um, what the fuck is that? The Wassel tank. Um, but I think your tank has to do with more than just your front end. It has to match your bars. It has to match the stance of the bike. It has to match. Like I see a lot of guys will throw like a coffin tank on a bike and then do a round fender in the back. You can't fucking do that. I'm here to tell you, boys, you can't do it. It just doesn't make sense. If you're going to no, do a coffin consistency tank, throughout. if you're going to do a coffin tank, you can't have a rounded seat. You've got to have like a rigid fucking seat coming down. Then when you have to do, you can't run a pill style fucking oil bag. You gotta run like that fucking hexagon fucking um, horseshoe bag, yeah, you and your rear fender has like to be something cyber like truck. You know right, I mean? like you everything. And again, this is just how I play it out in my head. It needs to flow. And listen, I'm not saying I start a build and I'm like, Bing, 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 done. I for the stepchild, I probably bought six gas tanks and thirty pairs of handlebars. Yeah. I bought so many fucking handlebars, dude, that it was sickening. Um, and But sometimes so, that's just what it fucking takes. No, um, no. But for me, it has to flow from the front wheel to the sissy bar. Like, even down to, like, what I was saying, when I align my sissy bar, I have this magnet that I'll put on my front end. And it'll tell me the, de- the degrees of my front end. And I'll take that magnet and put it on my sissy bar. Because my sissy bar needs to be right the same way my front end is. Yeah. And again, 100%. that's just me. But I feel like no. that's how it has to be done. <clears throat> no, these, the, it's not just you. It's that's how it works, right? Like your front end, the degree of that should match your sissy bar. Otherwise, it's not going to flow. Like if you're, if you're way stretched out and then your sissy bar is inverted or going straight up, it's not going to flow right. So like these things are important. And like when I was building the shovel, I was like, in my mind, I was like, rounded you know like i had the round tank i have the round bars i have the round sissy bar i was trying to make that all like i don't know like gel you know like you have to kind of and if you have like a coffin tank that's kind of the look like jagged sharp edges and shit like do that with the seat do that with the fucking sissy bar do the you know like have it like have a, a theme to it you know i just think that it it flows better but again it's like Hey, dude, it's a fucking piece of art to you. Do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to have some weird shit on there, you want to have, like, a wide glide with, like, uh, fucking, you know, like, super narrow bars and then, like, a coffin tank and a fucking weird-ass sissy bar to each his own. But, like, as far as... I I think of it like finesse. You know what I mean? Like, you want to be... Anybody can do it. But do you want to be like a craftsman? You know, like that's the fun part for me is like thinking about it and being like, what's how is this going to work together? You know what I mean? Like 
you have the practical application, but then you also have like this other artistic point of view, you know what I mean? Like, and to, how to balance that. So like, as far as handlebars go, you have to match the front end because it looks weird as fuck when you have the, and, and again, just like you, I had so many front ends, so many different handlebars. I made my own risers. I made my own handlebars. And once you get them on there and you look at them, you're like, that ain't right. Like, you don't know why yeah. it doesn't feel right, but you're just like, that's not the right one. And you got to yep. scrap it. You got to be able to kill your babies, you know? Like, I spent yeah. so much time building this, like, internal throttle with these, like, uh, I had, like, uh, fucking drag bars. I had these, uh, actually just sold them at the La Spada uh, Easy Coach uh, swap. These risers I made. And I lo- I was really proud dude, of them. Those risers were sick. Yeah, dude, all those stainless steel. But when I put them on the bike, I go, that's so fit. many people came up asking about those. <laughs> yeah, they just they didn't fit the bike. And I was like, I got to scrap them. Um, so, yeah, go through a bunch of different iterations and uh, a good way to to try different stuff is if you I mean, you're you got some if you're TIG welding and stuff like I find it really helpful to bend up just some bar, you know, just some uh, filler rod. Cause it's like, Oh, is this going to work? You know, like sit on the bike where are your yeah, hands, yeah. you know, like just like bend it up. It's like, you can still use it after oh, you're dude, done. so you many times, so many times, um, when I'm like making something, um, like for instance, when I did, uh, the sissy bar on that last shovel head, that one was a lot, took a lot of planning. Um, with how I mounted the fender, how I mounted the sissy bar, because I wanted a sissy bar that came all the way down to the swing arm, which meant for me to do that, the fender had to be mounted to the swing arm because it had to travel with everything. That way nothing got bound up. And so I made these mounts that came off of the swing arm, and I made them in cardboard first. And I, I do this a lot, dude. I have, like, if you look in here, I have cardboard right here. I always keep my cardboard because I use it, and I'll build shit out of cardboard first put it up against the bike and it even gets me so I can get my dimensions. Um, so I'll, I'll do that. And uh, anyways, I, so I made these fucking mounts that went onto the swing arm and they were kind of like, I don't even know really how to explain it. They were kind of like uh, flat on this side. Then they would come down, like tapered down like this, almost like a, whatever the fuck that thing's called. You know what I mean? Like a, um, a protractor type deal. Um, and then I oh, okay. cut fucking fins into it going all the way down. And dude, I did, I probably made 30 sets of those before I made a style that I liked and a style where I left enough material to still be able to drill into and mount the sissy bar to. Hmm. Um, so I guess like the whole point of that story is like, you're going to make shit. It's not going to work. You're going to have to make it again, or you're just going to have to, make it and be like nope this sucks and throw it away you gotta, and it is what it is that's all yeah. part of it and it guess what bit. every time yeah every time you make it it's gonna get better and better and better and better every yeah. fucking time yeah and the other thing is is like don't throw it out like in the garbage throw it in that scrap bin because also i've made new things and been like no this is even further off and then i go back to whatever the fuck it was before and being like, oh, I just actually, I just need to tweak this part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, you got to be prepared to like kill your babies and uh, 
just say, you know, I spent 20 hours on this fucking thing. You know how many, you know how many hours I spent on that fucking remote master cylinder on the fucking, oh, I can dude, only fucking imagine, dude. And how many designs I went through to get it to work at all, you know? And I can it's still only imagine. perfect. But uh, you have to be able to fail and fail again. That's what it's about. You know, it's a very humbling experience. But uh, you, the other thing about, you know, like with handlebars, too, uh, if you're doing a Springer, it's a different game, buddy, because they ain't three yeah. and a half inch spacing. And if you do a Springer, there's some options available to you to get them to like, uh, especially if you want to do like riserless bars or something like that. Um, you can make them. They have, uh, they sell a, essentially a, an adapter that uh, will make them three and a half inch spacing. I have them on both my bikes. That making shit. that, yeah, making that sport uh, that Springer spacing work is really hard. You need really wide bars. Yeah. So, um, I'm a riserless bar type of guy. I don't, I don't like risers. They slip. It's just like another thing that goes wrong, especially like if you're doing like big apes and stuff. Like I haven't been able to figure out how to make them not slip ever, you know, especially like going over bumps and going over, you know, like. Yeah, I always did uh, skateboard grip tape. Does that even work? Yeah, it works. I mean, me. eventually it wears out, though. Yeah, but I think it's not moving enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like it's going to wear it the fuck out. Yeah. Um, I ran it for like a year and a half and never had an issue. Okay. I tr I've tried that. I don't know. I think it has a lot to do with uh, what material you're using, too. Like, uh, yeah. Like if you're using stainless on aluminum risers or, you know, uh, mild steel on stainless risers, uh, knurled versus unknurled. You know, I'm a not, I don't think you need neurals. I think you just need to match the metal together. Um, I've had decent luck with uh, stainless on stainless. Just wrench that shit down. But uh, right. for me, I actually, I like the look of riserless bars because they're kind of curated. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's they, the bar. Yeah, it looks good. It yeah. follows that line because now, like, you don't have a choice. Your bars are going with the rake of your fucking front end. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about them popping out or any of that shit. Uh, but I like the riserless. Um, it's hard to get. I mean, a custom set made is pretty expensive, but it's so important to your build. I think it's worth it. Um, there's lots of awesome bars out there that you can just buy. Uh, I've bought a bunch from Zombie Performance. Uh, they don't seem to be offering the stainless anymore, but they will, I believe, do stainless. I've been told they'll do stainless by request. It's just stainless is out of control price-wise, so nobody wants to yeah. put bars that expensive on their website. Yeah. Um, but they have awesome bars. I've, heard, I've actually heard a lot of guys saying that. Yeah. Um, making your own bars, too. Like, if you're doing... If you're a... If you're making your own bars and you want it to have bends, you need to have a tubing bender. And those are very expensive. I mean, just for, I mean, you're talking 250 north for a die. And they sell yeah. them. I mean, dude, you're, if you get like the bender, like on, on the cheap end, 
the bender with a with a one inch die, you're talking five hundred plus, and that doesn't have a stand. I mean, you don't even oh, have yeah. a stand. You're mounting that to your bench. Yeah. I see a lot of guys though. They'll make um, like the jig for the fucking bars for like the hard mounted bars. You know what I mean? And then most of that shit is just all cut pipe welded together. If you're making T bars and shit, most of if the you're time. making yeah anything with right angles like Z bars or T bars or whatever, you can do that def a hundred percent. You know, um, yeah, just with basic hand tools and get and a cheap welding. fucking bandsaw, dude. Yeah, and that that's not hard because I mean you, like I have a essentially I have a, a cutoff wheel. It's like a twelve inch cutoff wheel, and I can set that thing to it's like a what do they call a miter saw. And you can just set the angle and cut it, and you can cut through anything, and then you can just weld it back together. Any bending, that's where it gets tough. Uh, yeah, bending is hard. It's easy, like you said, it's easy to think that everything's two-dimensional <laughs> and just fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, dude, try to make a, 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 a symmetrical set of six bends. Yeah, good luck. That would, my fuck, I would, yeah, my brain would explode, dude. Like, to get it perfect on both sides, like, it's really hard to do. I would say, like, definitely worth the money to get it done. I want to make my own bars really bad. But I don't like uh, I don't like the right angles that much. I like the, you know, like the bends and all that stuff. I'd like to use. Yeah. Dude, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been, like, you know, the uh, JD squared fucking bender in the cart, like, ready to punch it. But. It's just too much fucking money for me right now. Yeah, but there's something so that you're fun. not going to do every day. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I'm going to make a set of bars. And even if I made 100 sets of bars, I wouldn't be able to sell them to recoup my money, you know? Right. Like, time included and shit. But, yeah. There's some really talented people out there that will make you bars. And, uh, oh, 100%. There's a lot of good people that are like, um, like mom and pop shops that can do it. For a oh, yeah. very fair price. Yeah. And if you're doing like, I mean, one of my favorite types of bars, though, actually, just just to go back to Oxford Chop, these with the riser, like the the one piece riser. Like, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. That is so fucking tough. If you make a those set of are bars super those, nice. I've never I haven't seen I don't even know if I've seen bars like that before. Usually it's just they're welded. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He does it. He does the plug welding, so they're like you can run the internal shit, dude. They're like real right. fucking slick. Um, and also like that—that's a cast piece in the middle too, like where it, everything else is stainless. But then he paints like that right. cast piece so it doesn't rust. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just has that old school look. I just really love them. I'd love to be able to do like some bent up uh, stainless, you know, like with some hoop to hoops. I, I need to get a TIG welder. To, let's just be honest. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I uh, we were talking about aluminum welding, and I was like, I kind of I've run across a few areas where I needed to do aluminum welding and wasn't didn't have the capability. Right. And I'm thinking about upgrading. Really. I'm thinking about upgrading. I'd like to have a couple of different features. Number one, I'd like to be able to do aluminum. You have pulse the... and shit on yours? I don't have pulse. You don't? 
No. Now, how when, important is that? I don't know dick about dick, but. Uh, I probably wouldn't use it even if I had it because the sound's so annoying. <laughs> uh, it's just like, I was like. Eh, I've eh, heard eh, a lot eh. of guys say it's nice for like the thin shit. I think it's kind of, I feel like it's almost kind of cheating. You know, like the reason I bought the welder that I did was, you know, like I was watching like a bunch of videos like weld.com and uh, fucking who's those dudes? Uh, uh, what the fuck? Anyways, they have a podcast or whatever. Uh, oh, welding tips and tricks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically one thing stood out. They go, hey, you can buy a machine. And it can have all these features, but it doesn't matter if you don't know how to TIG weld. So I was like, I'm going to go with the basic machine. And I'm going to learn how to TIG weld on that. And then I can start adding the features. So this thing does everything that I needed to do, except, you know, like there's been a couple of times when I was like, I wish I had uh, aluminum welding capabilities. And uh, I don't think I'd ever use the pulse. Yeah. I mean, it's a really annoying sound, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I would just, I'm a, I don't suffer like, like, like the, the constant, like, mm, 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 mm. fuck that, dude. I'll just yeah. TIG weld shittily. But uh, the aluminum, there's some times when I need that. So I might upgrade. And then, uh, well, the whole point of the story is, uh, if I do upgrade, if I can find a decent TIG upgrade, I would sell you mine, and then I just upgrade to the next model, which is probably the next one up. Yeah, yeah, I'd be about that. Yeah, but uh, dude, I TIG weld on the weekly, at least, even if it's not motorcycle shit. Like I, I fix stuff. Like yeah, yeah, it's just so helpful. That's like the most helpful skill I've learned for motorcycles is just TIG welding. But the stainless capabilities is just like, once you stainless, once you start welding with stainless, you'll don't want to touch mild steel ever again. Right. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get just like a TIG, man. And then you just feed that wire in and it's just like puddles are so beautiful. And then you, Take it away. It's like, was I born to TIG weld? Like, that's how nice these fucking welds come out. I was just like, am I the messiah of TIG welding? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Mild steel, though. What a pain in the ass. But it doesn't matter. Uh, I think that's it for this week, right? We got the frame, the sissy bar, the fender, the oil bag, the tank, the handlebars. Yeah, I think we covered it. I think we covered it. Next week, next, week? We'll, uh, next week, we'll jump into light body work. Um, prepping to do a rattle cam paint job. Which paint to use, which clear to use. Um, the steps in doing that. And then uh, we'll talk about... I can give like some of my... Uh, some of my experience with hiring a professional painter and what that was like. Um, yeah. And then we'll call that a fucking episode. Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go over transfer 
Image Transfer, Rattle Can, Down Dirty Baby. If you want a semi-professional paint job, pinstriping, all that shit, like the basics. I'd like to get into a little bit of upholstery and finishing work like that. Yeah. Um, and we can even talk a little bit more about the Bondo because uh, there's two different kinds of Bondo and there's only one you ever want to use. Did you talk to Dan yet about doing that uh, Laddie episode? No. Dan. We're going to need your expertise because we're going to be doing a live laddie episode next week on yeah. a professional paint job from a professional. And you don't have to give you don't have to give like all the tips and tricks. I know this is what Dan does for uh, his hustle. Um, and I don't I don't even think we really need that. Um, Dan's already done that on the show. Um, I would rather go through of like what the expectations are from a painter if you're dropping it off to them what they expect yeah. um and kind of what that process goes like and shit like that yeah but before we get any further along here we should probably thank those people that make this show possible up first we got the man we we're just speaking of motherfucking dan from No Luck Paintworks, coming straight out of Manchester, New Hampshire, with the dirtiest down-low paint jobs that your heart ever desires. Dan has more styles of paint than a hooker has STDs, all right? <laughs> if you need to bring your bike to the next fucking level, you want that candy paint like Post Malone talks about, you want that fucking, that ratty fucking crackled fucking paint, with the fucking 70s style hot rod flames. Dan will make it fucking happen. Well, you just want that all the metal flake that your fucking Dynabro heart desires. You want to stand out at the fucking shows. You want to win trophies, little boy. Hit up Dan <laughs> at No Luck Paintworks and he will get you looking right. Up next, we got Deadbeat Customs. Steve is the motherfucking homie. Been holding us down since day one through the fucking cancellation through fucking everything. Steve has been holding us down. Gave us a motherfucking code to pass along to you motherfuckers. He has everything from chopper parts to diner parts, bagger parts, luggage fucking accessories, helmets, glasses, whatever the fuck you need, you can find it at deadbeatcustoms.com. Use code LOWLIFE at checkout. And make sure you check out that motherfucking blog. I was going to say. Check out that blog, baby. We're on the blog, baby, every week. <laughs> check Shop out the blog. One, baby. And up next, we got Steel City Blacksmithing, the homie Josh cooking up all the twisted fucking metal, literally, out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Old son got steel running through his veins. He will fucking twist everything on your bike. If it's made of metal, he's going to fucking twist it. Um, so hit him up, SteelCityBlacksmithing.com, SteelCityBlacksmithing on Instagram. Next, we got Stay Strong Cove, the only hot sauce that both – motherfucking host of the low life type podcast like to rub on their buttholes okay so when i go for a long ride anymore. dude i like to put that shit on my ass you know what i'm saying yeah. um, i can't get off without it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's becoming a problem in my marriage go to staystrongco.com check out the shit hot sauce check out all the other cool shit he's doing this motherfucker's an artist he doesn't just make hot sauce all right check him out steel city black i mean God, stay strong, co. 
on Instagram and staystrongco.com. Up next, we got Low Brow Customs. Everything you need for the road ahead. Tyler and his team literally support everything chopper. It does not matter what it is. You will see a low-life banner there. Whether it's in the garage, bing, at your favorite fucking show, uh, on your favorite websites, it's going to be there. Tyler and his team support everything. So a way you can return the favor is by shopping at lowbrowcustoms.com. Up next, we got Rhino Resto. Conveniently located in Henniker, New Hampshire. You're going to need four-wheel drive if you're going to drop me off any shit because it is fucking snowing like a bastard out here. Proud purveyor of the Vapor Honer Boner, except no substitutes. I was the first, and I will be the last. With a focus on vintage motorcycle and tool restoration. Give me them tools, boys. Friendly service, even friendlier prices. Hit me up on Instagram, rhino underscore resto. For a quote or a joke. Jokes are free. Quotes ain't. Last but not least, we have Lock Tights Motherfucking Chop Shop. Conveniently located in motherfucking Epping, New Hampshire. For all your pinstripe needs, hit the motherfucking inbox. Lock Tights Chop Shop on Instagram or Lock Tights Chop Shop at Low Life Chopper Podcast. If you need your tins pinstriped or you want a custom garage sign or oil cans, whatever the fuck you want, hit me up and uh, we'll get it taken care of. And last but not least, this show! (laughs) Lowlifechopperpodcast.com. All the links, everything you need, low life related. We got the YouTube, the Instagram, the Patreon, the fucking... uh, (laughs) only fans and the twitch we're gonna be starting to use that shit i don't know sign up for the patreon though oxford coach we're gonna do this next week last chance get in today friday it's payday you ain't got no job you ain't got motherfucking shit to do (laughs) get on that patreon get on these bars and uh stay tuned for that twitch because I'm going to be doing some weird shit with that. It's mostly like I'm, gamers and shit. I don't really understand nah, it. No, a, a lot of people are on it now. Like Drake got one. Everybody Drake got on, Twitch okay, now. Okay. Yeah, it's like, that's like the main streams. fucking streaming platform now. Yeah. Okay. We're going to be doing some I shit. would like to figure out how to do that, too. Because it would be cool to do like um, just throw it on when I'm out here fucking working on the shovel build and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I want to figure out how to do. And again, nobody nobody hit us up about that unpaid internship but if you're good with technology and you can help us out let us know and uh become part of an elite force with the lcp team and uh you know help us out with that shit but uh we're gonna i'd like to do a lot more live stream stuff and i'd like to have some more content out there especially like especially with this series we talk through it but uh i think it would be cool to show it after too so yeah, I agree. All right, Loctite, would you like to have the privilege of bringing these motherfuckers into their weekend? It's Friday, motherfuckers. Go fucking cut something! <laughs> <laughs> Later, Chopper Tears. <laughs> <laughs>